Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I'm joined by Lisa Kelly with the ARC of Oklahoma and Representative Ellen Hefner, who are here to share an update on the challenges facing parents who have children with disabilities here in Oklahoma and how the community can help. Thanks so much to both of you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Before we get started, I want to tell our listeners a bit more about each of you. Lisa is the CEO of the Ark of Oklahoma, a nonprofit organization founded in 1952 with a mission of promoting and protecting the human rights of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and actively supporting their full inclusion and participation in the community throughout their lifetimes. Ellen Hefner represents Oklahoma's District 87 at the state legislature. She has dedicated nearly 20 years to helping families like her own find resources and support. Lisa, I'd love to start by asking you just to tell us more about how the Ark of Oklahoma supports local families through your programs and resources. Sure. Well, the Ark of Oklahoma is celebrating its 70th year. We were founded in 1952 by family members who at the time had children who were excluded from the public school system. That was before the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, and they had children who um, would not be served in the public school system. So they started their own school, and they also started advocating for inclusion in the school system. And that advocacy continues to serve the organization today. We are now a statewide organization, and no matter how families come to us, whether they come with a new diagnosis of autism or Down syndrome, or they come when their student is getting ready to graduate from high school and they don't know where to turn or what's next, or maybe a family is facing, um, they can't care for their adult child anymore in the home and they need help finding what's next. Um, we serve all ages and all disabilities. Um, we are the, the Oklahoma chapter of the Ark of the United States, which is the largest advocacy organization that advocates for, and very importantly, with individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their caregivers. And so we offer a wealth of services, not only to help people now with their emergent need, but also to advocate for long-term systemic changes here in Oklahoma and nationally to help people with disabilities live their best life. You all really do incredible work. And I think it's so impressive that you offer those support and resources on the full spectrum of a person's lifetime. That's really incredible and really unique from a lot of other organizations. Uh, next, I know this work is very personal for each of you. So I would love for you to each share how your own families have sought to find the supports you need for your children who have disabilities. Ellen, will you start? Oh, ours, uh, the I started looking for supports very early on after my son William was born. Um, he was just a month or two old when I uh, called uh, Sooner Start, the early intervention program. I was so lucky to have, um, while we were in the hospital, for a nurse to talk to me about Sooner Start. And of course, um, I was already a mom of two kids. And I said, oh, we don't need that. 
but um, slowly it came to you know, realize as a parent, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I might need some help. And that was um, something that as parents who have kids with disabilities, we, uh, we don't accept help or ask for help as much as we should. So it started me on, if I don't know something to ask for help, it's, it helped our process. And then um, it was the spring after he was born, uh, the therapist, Jenny, gave me this flyer that talked about Sooner Start Day at the Capitol. She said, you should go up and talk to your legislators. And I was like, not me, I'm, I'm a mom, you know? And of course, I we went up there, I took the, all my kids and my husband and uh, he was like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm thankful it's it's night and day now, you know, as being a, a parent of a child who needs some help, who needs some extra help. And so I did, I knocked on these doors that I'm behind and um, who knew that back, that was the start of this advocacy that I've done. So in helping people, when I worked at Oklahoma Family Network by coming up to the Capitol, Capitol that day, being a part of stakeholder um, meetings as being a parent, uh, raising a child with a disability. So each um, time I said yes and asked for help, it, be, it opened up my world and how to help other parents because we do this work, Lisa and I do this work, um, not just for our kids, but we know that how parents are living their lives. So we do it for everyone else's kids as well. It's a good reminder for all of us parents about the power in asking for help. And that when we start that journey, often we then have the opportunity to help others too. Lisa, what about you? Will you share your journey with us? Sure. So um, so my journey in this world um, started almost 22 years ago when my first daughter, Madison, was born. Um, and her birthday is coming up in a few days. I can't believe she'll be 22. But um, it started when she was born premature, completely normal pregnancy, did all the right things. And um, she was born early. And um, we were entered into uh, this whirlwind of developmental disabilities and this club that nobody really wants to be in. But here we are right in the middle of it. And so what um, we thought our life would be like and those hopes and dreams for our for our first uh, little girl were immediately um, ripped beyond our hands and um, we're in this whole new world and trying to learn new things. And um, I'll never forget the first person that actually sat down with me and said, this is gonna be okay, um, was her physical therapist. And she said, you know, this is still your child and you love this child and you don't treat this, treat her any different. Um, you just give her everything you can and she's going to be okay. Um, but it can be a really lonely world out there. Um, and I, you know, Ellen was one of the, the first advocate, fierce advocate mamas that I met um, through partners in policymaking. And um, I would just, you know, encourage families that to get connected to someone and to someone walking in your shoes through Oklahoma Family Network or, or um, some way because it can be very isolating and and alone and just to get connected to someone that can help walk walk along those paths with you um, and that's what's led me to. Um, completely changed my career path and and there's been lots of twists and turns throughout the journey but um, 
a lot of people have paved the path of advocacy before me, and um, I'm fortunate to to walk behind them and hope that I can um, continue continue in doing some of that good work moving forward. Thank you both so much for sharing. Um, next, I'd like to talk about the challenges that you face as caregivers for children with disabilities. And Lisa, you mentioned that sense of isolation. Um, what other challenges do you face? What do you most want other parents to understand about the realities of the kind of caregiving that you do day in and day out? Well, there's a great documentary out there. <laughs> um, if you're a parent of um, an individual with an intellectual or developmental disability, you know what it looks like. Um, but I think what's important is for those that um, aren't in that role for them to understand um, what it looks like. It's um, not just our population, but also anyone who has been or will ever be in a caregiver role, um, particularly um, even in the aging population. Um, if you haven't been a caregiver, you you will at some point in your life. Um, and we're seeing it now with our parents aging as well. We're taking care of our, our children who are young adults and our parents who are aging. Um, caregiving is tough. And there's a documentary that we screened in Tulsa and in Oklahoma City recently. And Representative Hefner actually served on the panel afterwards. This discussion, it's called Unseen, How We're Failing Family Caregivers and Why It Matters. And it's, it's a 45-minute documentary that goes inside an individual's home um, that is caring for many children uh, of their own, but in particular, one that has significant needs. And it shows day in and day out how hard it is for this mom and this dad and the siblings. And they need our help. There's a quote that the mom says that says, society is only as healthy as our caregivers. And caregivers are not okay right now. And it's it's not only a an emotional health issue, it's a physical health issue, it's an economic issue for our state, it's a workforce issue for our, our state and our nation. Um, it touches on so many things and Oklahoma is starting to make um, strides in recognizing that I think, but there's a lot more that needs to be done in that area. That, um was an incredible documentary. I think one of the things that really struck me um, watching it, and ironically, I was watching it while my three kids were all doing virtual school at home, um, is that sense of overwhelm. There's just a palpable sense of overwhelm from the parents in that documentary. And, you know, as, as any parent, you can relate to that. Um, you can you can recall a time where you have just been entirely overwhelmed, but to realize that these parents in the documentary are feeling that every single day, um, and you know how that makes you your own body feel. So um, it just really um, created a lot of empathy um, in watching that, and highly encourage other parents who who have the opportunity to see it as well. 
in the caregiving industry here in Oklahoma in particular, we have, we're facing a lot of challenges. Um, we did an article at Metro Family about a year ago looking at uh, low wages, a lack of individuals willing and able to do the work in the caregiving industry. And while maybe a lot of parents are thinking about, um, you know, preschool or daycare for their kids, it also encompasses, there's a much larger caregiving industry. How do these shortfalls specifically impact families who need long-term care for their children with disabilities? That's a, that's a great question, and it's uh, actually what families are living right now. Um, one of the things that was asked of me was when my son's health uh, became challenging, that we had to change the amount of caregiving that he received. He was really reaching towards independence, but now his um, health, we, we need 24-hour uh, care. So the first question that was asked of me was, can you quit your job? and take care of your son not knowing the the job that i have um and and that seems to be what we're doing now is we're it's you know having um not uh, any uh workforce for caregiving um we see it at that pre-k level child care everyone's talking about can't find child care it becomes increasingly more difficult um, to find someone if there has if there's medical needs or um, what kind of extra care is needed, um, and so yes, we there's a lot that needs to be done. Um, wages is one thing we talked about wages. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time that was 2014 or 13. The Oklahoma Healthcare Authority we had asked for a raise, and there was this big long hearing, and they didn't give a raise, and it was almost like we could see this was going to happen. Um, that if we weren't paying people more to take care of bodies, lives, we pay more people to work at fast food places than we do to take care of lives. And that really shows that goes back to that quote about, you know, what kind of emphasis we're putting on human life and how we care for them. I don't have any answers. Um, and I'm new at this job that I am systemic change. I, I, I believe that we have to have some systemic change. But there, you, I can't come in as a freshman and say, let's do that. So anything that I do is trying to talk about the small bites of the elephant that we can do. We're talking about wages. We did last, uh, the 58th legislature, they raised um, the, the wages for caregivers, which is awesome. We've changed some of the rules for families to hire people that are going to care for our kids, which is awesome too. We don't have to rely on an agency and put someone and match someone with my son that he's not really happy with, you know, he's, and so how do we find that organically? That's helpful. But for those families that have excluded themselves, um, and it happens, um, that exclude themselves, they may not have those natural supports that they could ask a neighbor, can I hire you to take care of my kid? So there's, there's a lot of pieces we have to put in place. One thing, um, you brought up unseen and being on a panel. I was with Representative Eccles, and I was so happy to hear. I've I've known him since he was a freshman. He's a strong advocate for the waiting list and all of us families. And I am very appreciative of him staying with this. Um, but what he said was he needs to hear from us. And we always think that we're exhausted and tired. We really need people to make that call. 
make the call and say to their legislature, they can they can reach out to me and I'll just say, hey, why don't you talk to your representative or I'll have a conversation with them because we need to hear your stories. We're okay until till we start, it, people think we're okay, thinking that that great amount of money that they gave last that last legislature has solved it. It has not. We still are struggling as parents. Um, the the it's not working. There's systems that aren't connecting. So to to long 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 answer to say, um, there's there's a lot of little pieces that we can do, but eventually we really have to look at how we change to put caregiving a, a, a better better priority on how we take care of each other. And I think too that. The important thing to realize is even if you are not a parent who has a child with a disability or even a parent who just needs some kind of care for your child, the implications on our society as a whole, when a parent has to quit their job to to be able to care for their child, um, you know, that has far reaching effects on our entire community, on our entire workforce. So I think it's really important for people to realize even if you don't feel like this impacts you directly, it absolutely does. There are ways that you, if you own a business, you are impacted by this because you don't have the, the pool of people to choose from um, that you might otherwise if parents in our community had the kind of care for their kids that they need. I know that Ellen, you mentioned some positive strides we have made in Oklahoma, and there are some good things happening here. So I want to give people some hope that we've got some momentum. We need to keep working. But what are some of those positive strides the state has made in, in providing more supports for families whose children have disabilities? I, I think that one of the things um, is uh, the, the the definitely the money that was given to the waiting list is so helpful. Um, um, we're working with agencies and um, the the waiting list list group to talk about our real experiences and what that looks like to help other families in the future. That's great. Um, recently, um, going through this process, um, I have a few bills that are helpful to families. Who knows if they'll get to the governor's desk? But the conversations we're having about it um, is has really. Um, helped families. I get notes about hope. Um, hope is is a verb. We have to keep talking about it and um, keep moving in that direction for change. So I think that that's good. Um, me getting elected, I tell um, I tell people that I'll keep talking about disability until we fix it. And so if you see me and I'm not invited to something that you're that you're developing or created for creating for Oklahomans, you're leaving people out. And so an afterthought is never a good idea. So um, I think that that's a good thing. Not that I'm elected, which I really like. Um, it's this job is incredible and meeting people is incredible. Um, public service is really an incredible job. Uh, but I think that there's um, a listening ear that and um, <clears throat> we'll push towards action on um, how we can really change lives. I think sometimes too that agencies uh, do a great job and we as a legislature you know try to help those agency agencies with their budget i have a real experience of where um, the services meet and so my experience is real important in how we spend the money 
I think too, anytime we, the, the major investment from the Oklahoma legislature to help families get connected to these waiver services, um, anytime that happens, um, anytime there's been historical funding in the past, um, which it's never been to this level, it's been a million dollars here, a million dollars there, which um, is great. But to this level, now all of a sudden people are talking about it. And that brings awareness. And while it's great that they are serving um, 5,100 people who were on the waiting list as of May 1st of last year, that's amazing. But that is only a fraction of the number of Oklahomans that have developmental disabilities in the state. And so while we're um, thankful for that um, investment, it it raises the issue that now we have more and more people aware of this resource and more and more people asking the question about how can I now get those services? So I think one of the issues, while it's a great success, the other side of the coin is what are we going to do now with this greater awareness and is there a new list starting? Because if I call now and say, oh, I didn't know about this, where's, how can I get access to this in the future? Um, so Ellen, I don't know if you, I don't wanna put you on the spot, but I know um, you probably have friends that have asked that question, I would guess. Do you know kind of where yes. we are on that? Well, we started a new list. You remember the legislature only um, gave money to those people who were already waiting. Mm -hmm. So we started a new list on May 1, 2022. And um, quarterly now, um, talking to uh, DHS and um, LOFT, which is the le legislative oversight of fiscal transparency. So they give quarterly reports. We're going to have quarterly waitlist meetings up here at the Capitol. So we can talk about the families who are coming off the list and celebrate them. Talk about the families who are on the list that the money has will be going to and how they're doing. How can we help? Because you know as well as I do, Lisa, that seeing those families throughout the years, that continued hope that we could talk to each other and find solutions while we wait. So that means we have this other group and we'll get to know that number pretty soon, I've heard but we'll get to know that number and then see some of those families and we will help them uh, with the with the coming together as a group. Um, the waiting list, um, that group, I don't, it, it's helped so many families through the 13, 15 years we've been waiting um, to try to get connected, to see people, to real, really celebrate and then go, maybe I'll come off the list in a couple of years too. And so um, I'm happy to see that that's going to continue up here and have legislators look to see how their money is being spent, which is a good thing. We want them to know how great it is that um, families are receiving services and are being helped. That, that's what it's for. Definitely. I think uh, I'm glad you brought up the waiting list because I do think um, as there should be, there's been so much positive buzz about the end to the wait list. But I, you know, I always am wondering, but do people realize that there have been families waiting 10 to 15 years on the waiting list? So it's great 
that we're ending that waiting list, but what does this look like in the future? And how do we make sure that our families are not waiting for that extensive length of time? So as you two are looking towards the future, what, what are your visions? What are your dreams? What does progress really look like? Well, I'll go first. Um, I think for, for us, our, our vision and dream is that no person has to wait. I mean, Governor Stitt um, wants this to be a no-wait state. And, and it should be. Um, if, if I've had a medical issue in the past, I go to my doctor, I find out what the issue is, I get scheduled for treatment or surgery, and I have that and move forward. I shouldn't, if I have a diagnosis of a disability, I shouldn't have to wait and get in line for years to get the help that I need. And so my vision and goal is that we be, become a no-wait state for those services. I, I agree. I, uh, I remember early on when I uh, started following wait list and coming up here to the Capitol, um, researching other states, there was this really great image that I had that was all these post-it notes on the board that we talked about of all the things that are out there, nonprofits that help, maybe it's incontinence supplies if we're waiting for that, caregiving, all these post-it notes of all these things that are available in Oklahoma before we put someone on a wait list for something. And so I, I think that there needs, there's agencies that have maybe something that we don't know that they have. DRS is really great. Do we want employment? Uh, do we want um, Do we want an employment coach? That's available. Some families don't know that. Well, what else do we need? Oh, we want a job, but we're worried about it affecting our benefits. What about an ABLE account? So all these things that we have here in the States, sometimes families don't know about, but that doesn't, but that, and it does have to work well with a waiver or something that helps that family um, to get through uh, the supports with their child. Um, we, you know, the waiting list with that historic amount of money was, is great. Our system was not prepared for all of that that was going to come after that, especially the caregiving part. So I think that there has to be some sort of way that we can um, improve that job to look like it's something worth more than than um, what it, it's not getting attention for. Um, and, and I know that caregiving is important, even if you have a, a, a loved one who may not have a developmental disability, but and some something else. I took care of my mother, my sister-in-law with ALS, you know, those, but I was family that could do that at the time. There's not a lot of families now. We are stretching families thin. So I think that that's part of that. Um, it's a huge part of it um, because um, if I'm going to do my job, which is a pretty great job, and Lisa's going to do her job, there's other th supports that are needed for our kids so that we don't have this life of chaos. Um, there's a, there was about four weeks that I was having help with friends, um, to help with my son while I did this job. And, um, it was a background of chaos. It really was in trying to stay steady and pay attention to what I'm doing. Um, it's such a big relief and help when things are working and things are in place, but it took me such a long time to get there. Um, and still not perfect. 
but um, with all the supports that I'm getting and understanding I know about the supports, which a lot of families don't understand, um, we have to be doing a better job with that as well. So it's 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 not perfect and life is not perfect, uh, but um, it's getting there. It's It's getting better every day. As we wrap up our conversation, what about those parent listeners who want to know how they can help? Ellen, you said like one bite of the elephant at a time. This feels like a monumental challenge, but it is true that we all have a responsibility here and we can all do something to help. So whether it's families' day-to-day -day lives or helping advocate for more positive change for the long term, how would you encourage parents here in Oklahoma City to get involved? Well, first off, I would say that we all need a little bit of kindness. Um, there are so many times as a parent that we have all of this pressure, you know, with our kids. And if we're, what are we doing? Are we doing things right? Or something happens, you know, we see behavior and people just, you know, it put that undue amount of pressure. So please be kind. Families are really working hard. Um, and listen to families. If they're telling you they're hurting, um, Pay attention. There, the, it's a those the caregiving crisis is real. I hope maybe in the summer, maybe with Lisa's help, I just put her on the spot about doing an interim study on how we can look at that caregiving crisis to really help and check in on the mental health of caregivers. Um, so that's one. The other thing is pay attention. Um, there's a lot of rhetoric out there. Find out for yourself. And if you have something that you're concerned with, call me. If you know, I I. I really like talking to families. If I have time, I really love that. Call your your representative or your senator. Tell them what needs need to be met. We don't know until in, until we hear. And I'm learning about a lot of other things besides disability. I love it when people give me something else to look at and think about besides disability. Um, but I think that that's part kindness and um, let your voice be heard. In, in that supportive, great way as advocacy, we all have to respect each other as well. Lisa, I, just say, I would say teach your kids to ask questions. Mm -hmm. It's okay to ask questions. Um, a lot of times, and I, I'll be out with my daughter and you'll see um, innocent children say, you know, what's wrong with her or things like that. We wanna talk about our kids. We want people to ask. Um, it's okay to ask questions. What's worse is to say, Shh, don't talk to them. No, no, don't say anything. So ask questions. And um, what's something that someone can do to help? Um, if you want to get involved and learn more about this topic, um, go to our website, the ARC with a C, ok.org thearcok.org and sign up for our advocacy alerts so you can know about the great work that's happening at the Capitol and issues that are affecting people with disabilities. And um, you can go on and get connected directly to your, your representative or your senator and reach out to them just by entering in your zip code. Um, volunteer, we're always looking for volunteers to help us. We have great opportunities for volunteers from companies to be directly connected and work alongside um, our children and adults with disabilities. So if you've never had an opportunity to work alongside someone or have a, have some fun with someone with a disability, it will give you joy and perspective on your life and um, take, a, take a worrisome or a stressful day and make it a great one. 
such great advice. Thank you both so much for your time today. And especially thank you for all of your advocacy work that you're doing for families throughout the state. Thank you. Thank you. For all of our listeners, like Lisa said, please learn more about the work of the Ark of Oklahoma and how you can support their mission at thearkok.org. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.